welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode five. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. Today, my guest is Shay Cochran, and I am so excited for you to hear from Shay. Uh, after eight years as a successful wedding and portrait photographer, Shay felt her passion and creativity begin to wane. And in 2013, a light bulb moment in Home Goods, that's a really good place for a light bulb moment, <laughs> convinced her to make the almost overnight decision to jump headfirst into the unknown world of commercial styling and product photography, and she's never looked back. Her commercial clients span the globe, brands like Sugarfina, Pure Fiji, Truffle Bags, and Simplified Planner, to name a few. But she is most known for kickstarting the styled stock industry with the SC Stock Shop, the first styled stock shop of its kind back in 2014. It's a lot of S's. Now it is. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Now, creative brands everywhere use her styled stock imagery, membership, social squares to build their brand's visual presence online. Shay has been married for 13 years to her best friend and fitting counterpart, Graham, and together they have two little girls and call sunny Tampa, Florida their home. And if you have met Shay and Graham, you know just how encouraging and genuine and warm and wise they are. And that's why I'm so excited for Shay to be on with us today. Welcome, Shay. So excited to have you here. Thank you. You know, I since my business does not have an educational element to it, really, I just cherish every opportunity to have conversations like this one. Um, so thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, of course. And I just shared a little bit about your work life and the different things you've done and accomplished. But what I'm really excited about today is diving into how you approach work-life balance. You obviously have done a lot. You have a lot on your resume. And I'm guessing you've sort of had to work and rework what that looks like in your everyday life and your family. Um, And I know just from knowing you guys that you and Graham are really good at putting boundaries in place and sticking to them. And you have practical things that you do. And I know a lot of women are craving more balance, whether it's work-life balance or motherhood marriage balance, something I'm currently working on, or motherhood, the old me balance, any kind of balance, really. (laughs) So I've heard you say this before, and it's really stuck with me. So I wanted to share this with everyone. And it's this, the more time you give your work on your calendar, the more its importance inflates and overinflates in your priorities and heart. And I would just love to chat about that more because I think boundaries are something a lot of women are dealing with. Again, whether married or not, in the thick of motherhood or not, or a small business owner or not. So now that you kind of, I know that you guys have this down, I would say, but can you take us back, Shay? Um, Just paint the picture for us to a time when you didn't have this work-life balance. And what did that look like? What was driving you at that time? Just, yeah, what did life and business look like for you? Yeah. So I have owned a business. Well, we could go way back to the playground when I was selling friendship bracelets. I've always (laughs) been trying to monetize something, it seems. But um, I have owned a photography business since pretty early out of college. And originally for the first, I would say six to eight years, I was a wedding and portrait photographer because I thought that was how you, that was the only way that you can make money as a photographer. So that was what I did. Um, So I brought that with me into marriage, which was not too big of a deal. Um, But a few years into marriage, when we had our first daughter, I went into parenting thinking, oh, I can just keep running my business the same way that I did before. And I'll just bring this little nugget along. (laughs) Like she'll just 
fit right in to how I do life. Um, you can hear the naive new mother in me at that point in time. Um, having no idea, the first of my friends to have kids, um, just having no idea what motherhood looked like and the amount of sacrifice and time that it requires. Um, so that first year, you know, unfortunately, I look back on that first year and barely remember anything about that first year of Chloe's life. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, new mom sleeplessness to, mm -hmm. to name one. But we were also planning a church. We had moved out of state, so I had no family. I did have friends around me, but they were young. Um, no family there to help. And we had our first daughter. This is also during the middle of the recession and a lot of just, just a tumultuous time overall. But what I remember of that is I remember trying to build this business in a new state, so which is tricky for wedding photographers who mm -hmm. have a lot of word of mouth referrals. I'm in Florida trying to build this new wedding business, and I'm also trying to figure out how to parent a new child. And what I found painfully in those moments was that I was resenting my daughter and not resenting the clients that were pulling me away from my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that has a lot to do with just my personality. I love building things, and I love a challenge, and Obviously, anybody who's been a mom knows that the day-to-day -day of momming is not always very glamorous. It doesn't always make you feel valuable and mm -hmm. like you're contributing to society and that it's you have a noticeable impact. Um, and knowing that I wanted that and that my business provided that for me to a certain extent, I just found myself wanting to do those things that made me feel important and special and valuable and, and resenting that she needed to be fed constantly and needed to be, you know, changed and held and needed a nap schedule and things like that. Um, and I knew in, if I was being honest with myself in those moments that I did not want to resent parenting. I obviously loved being a mom. Um, and I obviously loved her. Um, but I just saw that my natural tendency was to value and in work over the work that I was doing as her mom. So I realized in that moment that I was going to have to make a change if I wanted my actions to follow what I would have said were truly my priorities. Mm -hmm. Then I had to put some things in place to separate those things out. Otherwise, my propensity would be to just pursue growing a business um, and leave my kids and my family in my wake um, so it, very, very early on. So now that's 10 years ago, I realized, okay, I want my heart to value what I'm doing as a homemaker and as a mom and as a wife to value those roles and others above work, but I'm going to have to change my schedule so that it changes my heart. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that was kind of like the starting point of, okay, what does boundaries look like for us and how do we make this work? Yeah. Shay, was there something that happened or was it just like some, a conviction like on your heart that made you feel that like, okay, no, something needs to change. Or was there an incident? Is there anything there, that you can look back at and remember? Not that I remember. I don't think there was a big moment. I think it was just an overarching, like it wasn't mom guilt that mm -hmm. I felt, you know, it was frustration with having a kid pulling me away from something that was more fun and in the moment more satisfying than feeding yeah. or changing a diaper. So I think it was just kind of that overall sensing that feeling come up over and over again and being like, oh, this is not where I want my heart to land. Right. 
So what did you do? How did you make that first step? <laughs> yeah. So for me, I realized that I, for me specifically, cause I know not everybody's like this, but I needed to compartmentalize those two things. I tend to dive really deep in where into work. Um, and hopefully I dive equally deep into motherhood and the other things in front of me. But the best thing for me to do was I'm sure there were a few weeks in there where I tried both, but I think I had learned enough from those first few weeks of doing both that I could not do both at once. I could not interact with my daughter in a meaningful, present way and then go answer client emails. I really personally needed those two things to be very compartmentalized. So I started to establish with an in-home um, babysitter or nanny mm -hmm. for a few hours a week that I was going to have certain hours that were going to be my work hours and certain, uh, the rest of the time was like mom time. So yeah. very early on, the very first step was me for me was to separate those two things entirely into different days. And at that point in time, I could afford about two days worth of childcare. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we started. And mm -hmm. that was kind of where the whole, like why I worked, 16 hours a week still to this day, Tuesdays and Thursdays is like the same schedule that I've had for 10 years now. And that really started with like, what can I afford mm -hmm. to have a friend come in and watch her for six hours or eight hours um, so that I could dive all the way into business ownership. And then when I was on those days, when I didn't have childcare, I could dive all the way in to motherhood and the rest of, you know, homemaking and being a wife and mom. Right. No, I'm similar yeah. to you. I have a hard time trying to mix the two. I always thought we went right into toddlerhood. So I don't know if it's, I can't say it's easier. It's just different. Like having a newborn yeah. that sleeps or whatever it is, but we went right into mm -hmm. toddlerhood. I was like, there's no way I can try to work right now. <laughs> Somebody running around. Oh, and I know so I'm the Mentally, same. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I could not dive in and out. And to this day, I'm the same. I still right. can't dive in and out. I still have to get childcare in the summertime or that kind of thing. If I'm going to really be all in at work and then be all in with being a mom. Yeah. For me, I find too, that it makes me, I'm with Vera most of the time. So when mm -hmm. I'm not, and then I get to see her again, I feel like it's better for us to, instead of being Absolutely. in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, yeah. so I like that, that way of doing it yeah. as well. Um, okay. So you work Tuesdays, Thursdays, eight hours, so you're 16 hours. So over the last 10 years, like how has, how have you refined that? What, what works well for you outside of just like setting those hours and how do you know yeah. when it's like, okay, something's not working or we need to reset or look at this again. Yeah. So a little more background, my husband and I are both business owners. So we have both been business owners for the history of our marriage, um, both working from home under the same roof, both owning businesses and trying to put food on the table, um, growing businesses from scratch early on. So together we knew that in order for us to protect our marriage and in order for us to you know, protect our parenting and our time with the kids, we were going to have to have pretty firm boundaries in place in order to, because as a business owner, it's just, you don't, you can't turn your brain off from it. I mean, still to this day, I just have a very hard time just because those boundaries are in place. It doesn't mean you can just shut your business owner brain off. There's so always going to be more. Kind of, absolutely. There's always more to do. There's always some fire that you didn't end up having time to put out or something else that you could do that would just make everything that much better. 
there is always something. And that has been true for the last, you know, almost 14 years of marriage and business ownership together. We know that to be true. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how successful your business gets. That is just always true. So um, for us, we started to put into place over time, just very specific, seemingly trivial boundaries that would help us to connect with each other and connect with the kids and not be distracted by work. So some of those things look like not having anything pushed to our phones. So we don't have email pushed to our phones. We don't have like Slack alerts pushed to our phones. We literally only have texting pushed to our phones. Um, that just helps keep business distractions to a minimum and you don't have business work life inserting itself into your family time or time with friends or that kind of thing. So we don't have anything pushed to our phones. We also try to be, um, we try to be sticklers about not doing any kind of work after five o'clock. Mm -hmm. So we both finish up work by five and with the exception of like a major launch or a major problem that comes up that just can't wait, like someone's site is down or something like that. Um, we really try to hold each other accountable to no work after five, no work on the weekends. We don't take work with us on vacation, um, anything like that. And we've, you know, we're not a hundred percent and people ask that like, well, how, you know, do, how does, does that work? That sounds great, but does it work? And I would say we're like 80 to 90%. It's pretty good. With that. You know, and there are seasons when, to your original question, like what, how do we know when it's falling apart, basically? Yeah. There are seasons like the season that I'm in at the moment where there's just a lot for whatever reason, there's just a lot and it's temporary, but it's, it needs to be done and right. there's just no avoiding it. And so we will make, we'll talk about those things so that we're on the same page. Like, Hey honey, I'm going to need to work tonight. I'll wait till the kids go to bed and then I probably need to put in like two hours and I'll be, I'll start at eight. I'll be done by 10. Um, we will communicate about those things mm -hmm. and then show each other a lot of grace for those things. But the whole family feels it mm -hmm. because we've established these boundaries and because it's not the norm, the kids are going to be like, mom, and now they're older. So they're like very calling you happy, out, <laughs> very happy to call us out. Why are you on your phone? Why are you working? I thought you just got home from work. You know, it's Saturday. Why are you like, they're, they're great accountability partners. That's awesome. <laughs> so now that those rhythms and those sort of standards have been established, the whole family feels it and suffers whenever somebody is breaking the rules. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of provides its own like barriers. And I kind of, the way we talk about it in our house a lot is like, you kind of hit the parameters that are like, barbed wire fences around <laughs> your time. And when you hit those, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, this isn't the way that I want it to be. But those barbed wire fence parameters are what remind you that like, okay, I don't want it to be like this. I don't want to overwork. I right. don't want to work on the weekends. I don't want to miss a soccer game because I have to do something. I don't want to be on my phone answering work email while I'm at the playground with the kids. I don't want to, this hurts. This doesn't feel good to have to do this. And those provide very good reminders to like corral us back to where we want to be yeah. um, and reset us. So we're constantly hitting those parameters and mm -hmm. then like resetting everything. Yeah. Who, you don't have to answer this question. Who would you say <laughs> it's harder for to keep boundaries or more natural for like for that yeah. person to keep those boundaries? Like, for example, I'm a very, I don't know if you're into the Enneagram at all, but I'm, oh, for sure. all I'm a way. one and I'm like <laughs> okay. driven by like morals and convictions and rules. Yeah. 
outside of creativity, which is funny because I don't follow the rules there. But so me, I'm like, well, of course we have to do this. This is what we said we would do. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to throw Jesse under the bus and say he's worse at it. (laughs) But for you, go ahead. Yeah. So Graham is also a one. Um, So he is like a rule follower in that. It sounds very similar to you. Yeah. So in theory, he would be the one more likely to say, we made this decision, so we're going to do this. Like if it's any kind of like diet or food change, he's like 100% all in. And I like live in the gray area, uh-huh. you know, I just, in all of life, I'm like very happy and comfortable in there being gray area. What me. number are you? I'm a three. Mm-hmm. So I'm the achiever. So mm-hmm. there's always more that I want to get done. But I would say, to be honest, I feel like we're both pretty equal. I, I do feel like we're both pretty equal. We probably have different tendencies where we kind of sneak in work mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're pretty equal in our desire to have those boundaries right. and also in our kind of like execution of or obedience to those boundaries. Yeah, that that's good to know. Um, would you say like 10 years ago and experiencing like that first year with Chloe, like what has changed like in your heart? What kind of work has God done on your heart? Like when you were noticing these things or how that's shown up in other areas of your life, like after you sort of made that switch of like, no, I, we do need these boundaries. We need more balance. What are our priorities and focusing on those things and like making real life decisions to focus on those things. Like what Mm -hmm. have you seen God do just in your heart and in your life since making that decision? Yeah. Um, having boundaries has in some ways, um, I almost hesitate to say this because I don't think it's always true. I think we think that having boundaries on our time, especially or work-life boundaries is going to really like stifle the business and Mm -hmm. limit it and limit its growth capability and that kind of thing. And I think that there's a lot of ways in which that's actually not true, that really having limited time and honing in on the most important things to do can actually create exponential growth. But there are other ways that we have to, creating boundaries also means that we are choosing to but sometimes grow slower or just feel like things are going slower than, than you want them to be. Mm -hmm. That's certainly true in my business, especially because I work such a limited number of hours. There's just a lot that takes a very long time. Mm -hmm. Any kind of new thing that we want to do or product we want to roll out or idea that we have takes forever to implement because I can only give it a few hours a week in, in relation to all the other things that I'm also currently doing for the business. So any new thing or new idea or thing that needs to be fixed takes forever. And what God has shown me through that is that he's reminded me of what we know to be true, that it is really his business. Growth will happen at the pace and to the extent that he wants it to happen. He's going to either put his hand on something and move it along in ways that you don't deserve and didn't expect and don't make sense um, in relation to what you're able to give it. And then there are times when he's going to slow something down because there's just something else that either he wants you to do or something that he wants you to learn or he wants to refine it a little bit more before it, you know, gets really fully realized. So having those boundaries in place, it's it's like, you know, if we want to get real real deep here. Mm-hmm. Yes, why, do, why do we Sabbath? Like we Sabbath, we take a day off of work because as a way of saying, God, I trust you. I trust that if I don't work today, you're going to provide for me for tomorrow. 
And it's the same thing we do with tithing. Like, why do we set aside money? Why do we give back to God what's already his? Does he need the money? No, but it's an act of faith. It's mm-hmm. an act of saying, this is really yours. I'm going to relinquish this, whether it's my time or my money. And I'm going to trust that you're actually the one who's sovereignly in authority over all of it, controlling all of it anyway. So it's an act of faith. So boundaries in some way for the believer who is a business owner is an act of faith saying, Mm -hmm. God, I don't control this. I don't grow this. You do. So I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to stay true to the things that you've convicted me of. And I'm going to trust that it is going to grow in your timing and to the extent that you want it to grow. Um, and, and so that's probably been like the prevailing message that I have to learn and relearn and relearn <laughs> over and over and over again, especially when I get anxious and angst about how long something's taking to roll out or everyone else is going to beat me to market. Everyone else is doing it faster and better than me. And I just have to be like, you know what? God's ultimately in control of this. It doesn't matter. My timing is not going to slow down what he wants to do with it. It's going to be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think I love that. I love that you shared that because I think that is the underlying theme is that we're not in control. That's the underlying theme of what God is teaching me over and over and over yeah. again. Um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Shay, is there something, so I'm going to get back to something practical for if you are a business owner listening and you want to create some boundaries, like say you're only working 16 hours, not only compared to maybe the 40 yeah, yeah. or 60 that other people are. How did you figure out like what was the most important thing that you needed to be doing? Um, if you only have set amount of hours and you want to really stick to it and you want to like, that is the way you want your life to go. How do you decide yeah. what is the most important? Yeah. So, um, if I don't know if most of your audience has heard of the 80, 20 principle, it's like a pretty basic concept that's been around for a while, but it would say, as we relate it specifically to business, that 20% of your, of the activities that you do or the products that you sell or the services that you offer are creating 80% of the revenue for your business. So on a very practical level, very early on, when I first heard about this magical (laughs) little, um, concept and realized that, oh my gosh, I feel like I have all of this all of these things that need to be done, that have to be done, that other business owners are doing, that everyone's telling me that I need to do, but you're telling me that only 20% of that is actually going to generate 80% of the revenue. So I can just hone in on that 20% of things that are really pushing the ball down the field and I can actually see growth. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier that I think sometimes we think, oh, boundaries, it's going to like prohibit the growth of my business or it's going to slow down or limit the growth of my business. And I actually think, and books like The Pumpkin Plan, that's a random book. I don't know if you've ever read it, but does such a good job of illustrating that when you are dedicating and allocating all of your time, energy, effort, and resources into that 20%, you actually have opportunity for exponential growth that you don't have when you're just exhausting yourself doing the 80% of things that's only generating 20% of your revenue. So that was a very practical thing that early on I sat down and I like 80, 20 to my business. Like, okay, what are all the activities that I'm doing? Answering emails, um, shooting, creating newsletter campaigns, whatever it is. Um, what are all the activities that I'm doing? Posting to Instagram, responding to comments. What are the 20% that are actually generating the most revenue? And then you, if you have a product line you can actually look at your product line and you might love your extensive product line, but 
science and statistics, I should say, statistics would say that 20% of your product line is what's generating the biggest percentage of your revenue. So you would dial in and look at what that 20% is. If it's services, you know, the same thing applies to if you're a service-based mm -hmm. business, figuring out what those 20% of activities are that have the biggest impact to your bottom line. Another way of saying it is like the, the 20, it's also most likely things that only you can do mm -hmm. versus things that somebody else can do. So once you've identified those things, it's about allocating your work hours, whatever you want those work hours to look like so that they are spent almost solely doing those things. Even if it means saying no to a lot of the things that other people are saying that you quote unquote have to be doing. Mm -hmm. So that's just a very practical first step is to kind of do an 80, 20 analysis of the work that you're doing during your work hours and identifying what those kind of biggest, biggest impact, most essential things that cannot be outsourced to anyone else. Now we all feel like nothing can be outsourced, but right. for me, for example, that would be creating images was like the number one thing. Um, and to this day, it's still one of the number one parts of what I do is art direction, shoot prep and shooting actual images. That's the only thing that's going to bring actual money in if I don't have that, the business dries up if I'm, if I don't have images. So I would say, start there, start with a little 80, 20 analysis mm -hmm. of the things that you're doing. And then, um, as it relates to kind of, how do you start with creating boundaries? I would talk with, if you're married, especially I would talk with your spouse about what the ideal situation looks like for you. Allow yourself to dream a little bit. I know you're like neck deep in running a business, but talking to your spouse, allowing yourself to dream a little bit about what the ideal work situation looks like, because here's the thing, most of us left really, um, hands-on 24, uh, nine to five, 40 hour a week jobs only to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week for this new boss, our new, our, our personal business. So we kind of go from that 40 hour a week job thinking I'm going to leave and I'm going to have freedom. I'm going to be able to take two weeks off and I'm going to travel for a month during the summer and I'm going to not work on weekends. and I'm going to never, never miss a kid's sporting event ever again, only to enslave ourselves to this new business. So I would say, pretend for a minute that you don't have a business already and talk through what those ideal work hours would look like. What would be the hours you would work? What would be the ideal days that you would work? And then I would say that you have the ability to set that for yourself. You are the boss. Mm -hmm. You doesn't matter how deep in it you are. You have the ability to course correct and to begin to build a business that actually suits your life and your priorities. So that might be a good place to start. And from there, you can kind of decide what are going to be my non-negotiables and what are my work hours going to be and that kind of thing. But um, that would be maybe a few starting points. for that, you. That's great. Super practical. I like that. Uh, Shay, has your boundaries with work-life balance, has that like overflowed into other categories of like balance, like the motherhood marriage and j just other categories of your life where you need some balance? Like how has it, and I guess I'm assuming it has, how yeah. has that overflowed into other areas of your life and made it easier um, to uphold those things as well? Mm, that's a great question. <sighs> I think 
What it one of the things it has done is it has constantly challenged me to assess where my identity is found um, and to assess sort of like what are those top level roles in my life and top level priorities that I value and really ask myself, am I investing in and cultivating each of those things to the extent that I want to be investing in and cultivating those things? So those like top level things for me would be um, my marriage, my parenting and relationship with the girls, my walk with God, my involvement in a local church community and my friendships. Let's just like take those five. Um, one of the things that we consistently try to do at least yearly and like power sheets, Laura Casey's power sheets, I think that like she has like the first 80 pages that really walk you through this. And it's really a fantastic um, sort of tool for assessing like how am I investing in each of those areas that are important to me? Yes. And um, because doing that kind of self-assessment is really what's going to reveal that, you know what, I'm investing a lot. I feel like things are going really well with parenting, but my marriage is really suffering. I kind of feel like we don't know how to talk about anything except for parenting, or we haven't been setting aside any time for date nights, or we're really not setting aside time to like really talk through issues that we need to talk through. Or maybe you're like winning at the mom game, but you're and you're a believer, but you're not really involved in any kind of local church body. Like you're not involved with other believers. Um, so you can kind of see, or maybe it's your health. Like for a lot of women, mm -hmm. a lot of business owners, they sacrifice so much as moms, but they neglect their own health, sleep, food, exercise, things like that. So I think it requires doing some kind of self-assessment of those top level priorities to mm -hmm. say, you know what? There's, it, it's imbalanced here in a way that I don't want it to be. I really do need to care for myself. Or I really do need to um, cultivate my marriage a little bit more. And what could that look like? And then again, coming back to really open and honest conversations with your spouse, if you are married, about what that could look like. What is it going to take to cultivate those areas a little bit more? So I think it's those kind of whether they're annual assessments or let's say every few months, you're kind of revisiting, like, how are all these areas that matter to me going? Mm -hmm. How does the other person feel like they're going? Um, how do, how do the kids do? I mean, this more applies if your kids are older, but how do, do they feel connected to you and asking them that? And your how does your spouse feel connected to you and asking them that? What about your best? What about your friends? Like, yeah. do your friends feel connected to you and being willing to ask them that and humbly listen to their answer? Yeah. Um, I think that helps to keep them all being cultivated, which is really what we want. We just don't want any of those like key areas to be neglected. Mm -hmm. And the amount of time, effort, and energy you can give to those things is going to ebb and flow based on seasons. So mm -hmm. there's like so much grace there that like sometimes you're going to give a disproportionate amount of time, effort, and energy to parenting. But over time, you don't want that to be the trajectory for maybe like the rest of your marriage, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think those like conversations are probably the starting point of, you know, it's not about like balance in the sense of giving them all equal time and equal effort and energy and resource. It's giving them each the time, effort, energy, attention, and intentionality that they need, mm -hmm. that that little area needs to be fruitful and to be life-giving and to be flourishing, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I love power sheets for that reason. I like to get <laughs> yeah. deep and real anyway. So like going yep. through that self-assessment is, it's yep. powerful. It's powerful it to is. see what's revealed and then the fact that you can do something about it. Absolutely. Um, 
what has got, so now 10 years later, after setting these boundaries and you guys really like you work on this and you're, you're really strong at it. So what goodness has God shown you? And also being an Enneagram three and an retriever and like having desires to do more and be more and achieve more. What goodness has God shown you over the last years of like really staying true to like being convicted of what he wants and you implementing that? What goodness has she shown you um, over the years by staying true to those boundaries? I would say probably like number one would be, I feel like we have a really, really healthy, fun marriage. And that's just such a gift. Um, We've been married for almost 14 years and both as business owners, lots of ups and downs in life. But I feel like um, the way that God has convicted us in terms of the use of our time and presence and intentionality has really, um, we, we still reap the benefits every day, just in an overall, not perfect, not even, not even remotely perfect marriage, but really, I feel like pretty healthy, fun, happy, joy filled marriage. Um, and you know, my kids are young. I don't know if I can say that it's been a success. So far. <laughs> we've got a long way to go, but I feel like overall we are a really, um, tight, family unit that really enjoys time together and prioritizes time together, sometimes much to our kids' dismay. Um, we love, we really do love being together. And I think family life is, despite its, you know, normal challenges, it's really fun and joy filled. And I think that that's really been a grace to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think for whatever reason, really not related to, um, anything we've done as it's related to necessarily boundaries, but, I think we've seen and grown in having a bigger vision for what God can do through our businesses as Christian business owners, as it relates to generosity and just kind of um, what we can pass forward onto other people. And um, we've just seen him work in so many really awesome ways through business ownership Mm -hmm. that it's kind of helped reset our perspective of business ownership as a believer being eternally valuable work, Mm -hmm. not any less than maybe being in the ministry or being a missionary, but it, that it has equal weight and value in terms of what God's doing in the world. Yeah. Um, So being able to, I guess boundaries play in that is that we've lasted, like we haven't burnt out and that's a grace. So in the 14 years of I've been a business owner for more than 14 years now. Graham's been a business owner for almost 10 years. Like we're still here. Mm -hmm. We're still thriving and doing it. And and having boundaries in place has enabled us to not burn out, which has enabled us to just see and experience and relish in what God has done Mm -hmm. and continue to do um, because we have businesses and because he's gifted us in that way that Mm -hmm. we just, we get to participate in some of the cool stuff that he's doing in the lives of other people around us and in the world, in the creative community, in the online space. Um, and that's just a privilege that we wouldn't get to, you know, benefit from if we just dove all the way in and it, it sucked us dry and we ended up burning out a few years later, we would be missing out on what the fruit that we're getting to see now. Yeah. No, you guys are here for it. I think you're in for the yeah. long haul. <laughs> in it. Yeah. Shay, is there anything um, that you feel God has just set you free from, like old Shay, old feelings, old drive, whatever it is? Um, what has God set you free from in creating the, the some more balance and boundaries in your life? Yeah, 
Um, that's a great question. <sighs> Probably a lot of things. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's fully set me free from like feeling the angst and stress of wanting to, wanting to get it all done Mm -hmm. and wanting to check off all my to do's. That's still a battle. I still want to be awesome. That's still a battle, (laughs) you know, because 16 hours a week doesn't only allows you to be a little bit awesome. You're all the way awesome. Shay. Exponentially awesome. I have not quite learned that. I'm not on the other side of that lesson yet. I still, you know, it still is hard. To You're only a three. Work week. I'm a three. There's just always more that I'd like to do. Um, but, you know, I would say one thing that he has set me free from, and this relates to just kind of the perspective that I was just sharing, is that I don't feel a lot of mom guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel bad when I go to work. And I don't feel bad when I miss out on a field trip because I have to work because I know that there's um, five other days of the week that I'm not working, first of all, but also because I know that, that this work and in seeing God work through me owning a business and Graham owning a business, we know that it's valuable and that value and bringing the kids into what God's doing there, bringing kids into the significance of being an entrepreneur, especially a Christian entrepreneur in the online marketplace, that there's so much value there. So I don't think that I feel the same mom guilt that, you know, we, we talk about a lot and that a lot of women feel, um, and that's just really awesome. That's really, there are time when, when we get outside of those boundaries that we've created, then I, there's certainly time when I start to feel guilt over like, why am I having to work in the evenings or the kids? Because I work without the kids around, sometimes they forget that I work. Yeah. So then when I have to do it in front of them, they're like, what are you doing, mom? I'm like, why are you on your computer? Right. And I have to kind of re- re-explain and like re-bring them into what God has called our family to specifically, which is like entrepreneurship and encouraging other entrepreneurs. So we get to like bring them into that and remind them of the significance. And, um, that's been, that's cool to walk in that freedom of feeling like, you know what? Yep. It's okay. 16 hours a week, I am all in on business ownership and I might not even answer my phone (laughs) if somebody else calls. But the rest of the week, I'm all in on the other things that God's called me to. So that just enables me to work with freedom Mm -hmm. when I have to say no to things because it's a work day. So that's pretty major. I mean, I feel like I don't know that I've ever really reflected on that much before. But I think that the fact that I don't feel mom guilt is really like a sweet work of God. I totally agree. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Shay, where can uh, listeners follow along, see your sweet girls, see your travels? Where can they follow along? So probably the funnest place would be Instagram. You can find me on there as Shay Cochran. And that's where I'm kind of given a little bit of a little bit of work, a little bit of family life, a little bit of a little bit of all of it, talking about this stuff on occasion. And um, yeah, come come follow along there and, and say hi and introduce yourself so we can be friends. Thanks so much, Shay. Thanks for sharing everything and just being honest and real with us. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Awesome. Thank you, Becky. Yeah. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.